host of the Life After Life podcast. I want to invite you to become a patron of the podcast. For just five euro per month, you will get ad-free content, video episodes, exclusive events and discounts throughout the year as a thank you for your support. Check out the link to my Patreon page in the description box attached or go to Patreon and search for Life After Life with Sandy Bird. Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. So in this episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about making sense of what you're getting from spirit. Okay, because not a day goes by, but I get a question or a comment from someone about a message or a sign that they have received from spirit, but they don't know what it means. Or sometimes even people feel like they've had a premonition of something, but they didn't get the message that was being given to them. So they didn't understand it until the specific event happened. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this. Um, so hopefully you can understand and begin to make sense of what you're getting from spirit. So firstly, let me start by saying that what you get from your loved ones in spirit and you know what you get from your spirit guides, it's unique to you. If they're sending you a personal message or a sign, it's something that will mean something between you and them. You know, there's no point in you contacting a medium to tell them that you keep finding feathers in your sock drawer and asking them, if you know, what does that mean? You know, because they can only guess at, you know, what it might mean, maybe what it would mean to them. But it could mean something completely different to you. OK, because, you know, as families, when we're talking about our loved ones in spirit, OK, you knew them. They, they were alive here. You spent time with them. And as families, we all have our own little language or sayings. You know, maybe it's because I'm Irish. I talk about sayings a lot, but we do. You know, for example, my late grandmother, she used to always say, you know, there's lots going down on the mail train that won't see that. That was one of her most common sayings. And even though I was just seven when she died, I can still remember her saying that. And my mother says it and I say it to my kids. OK, but I know that doesn't mean anything to you because my grandmother's cottage was near a train track. OK. So instead of saying, um, you know, nobody will notice something, you know, um, this would be used maybe, you know, for us women, if we were going out and, you know, maybe we had a little nick in our tights or, um, you know, there was our eyeshadow was a bit, you know, blurred or whatever. We're thinking, oh, my God, I look like a state for the night or whatever. And she'd go, oh, there's lots going down. The mail trainers wouldn't see that, you know. And it was her way of saying that nobody would notice something. OK, she used to say, um, you know, there's lots going down on the mail train because the mail train was the early train that used to pass the house, you know, obviously early in the morning. 
Um, so this was just one saying that we use in our family, even though I don't live near a train track. My mother no longer lives near a train track. Obviously, she grew up um, in the home house with her, her grandmother, but with my grandmother. But, um, you know, we still say this saying, even though we don't live near train tracks. So, you know, the same as my family are prone to our own language in life. Your family would also have their own language or sayings or, you know, meanings behind things. And if we have them in life, well, why wouldn't that carry over to death? I mean, it just makes sense that if this is the way they used to talk to you or give you a sign about something, well, why wouldn't they use the same language in death? So if my grandmother wanted to give me a sign, you know, that I'm worrying over something that, you know, and that nobody else notices it, only me, so I might hear a train, you know, I might step on a toy train. I might come across some article about the decline in mail trains because of emails and stuff, you know, something or anything just so that she could get the message across to me so that I would know that I'm the only person stressing. OK, does that make sense to you? You know, because our language with spirit is very personal in death, just as it was in life. It's also very specific to us and our thoughts and what's going on in life for us, you know? So if, for example, you have a relative in spirit who didn't like Elvis Presley, okay? Now, I'm just thinking this is probably a bad example because who doesn't like Elvis? But bear with me, okay? So if you know someone, a family member maybe that's crossed to spirit and that they didn't like Elvis Presley, you know, or his music when they were alive, why would they start giving you signs through Elvis music after their death? It doesn't make any sense. OK, so if you're getting signs through, you know, the music of Elvis Presley, for example, but you know that maybe your mother didn't like Elvis, so it's unlikely to be your mother. OK, so you'd have to think what relative did like Elvis? Was there somebody that you used to li to listen to Elvis with? You know, so Think about what it means to you, okay? And, you know, um, you know, we here in Europe, I know a lot of you listen from the States, but here in Europe, we talk um, a lot, when we're talking about spirit signs, we talk a lot about seeing robins. But if you're in the US or Canada, you know, you'll have to look for a cardinal because if you're waiting for a European robin to show up in your garden, you know, then you might never get a message or a sign from spirit because how are they going to manifest that for you? You know, you have to be realistic and work within, you know, the parameters of what is available to them, you know, around you. So when we're talking about these signs from your family, okay, that's a bit easier because you knew them in life, you knew their sayings, um, you know, the music they liked, you know, but what about your spirit guides? How will you know what they're saying to you? Or how will you know what they're showing you? Or, you know, how will you know what they're guiding you towards in life? So the answer to this question is that you need to build up a language between you and your spirit guide that is recognizable to both of you. And this will only come from trial and error and a good dollop of patience, okay? So bear with me, okay? Because I'm going to use a dreaded word that will scare some of you, okay? So that word is journaling. Mm. 
It's not a word I like to use myself because I don't journal. And the very thought of writing down everything that happens to me, you know, it does, it gets me yawning. Not that there's anything wrong with journalism, journaling, not journalism. Maybe there is something wrong with journalism, but journaling. Um, it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not me. I don't sit down, don't sit still long enough to write everything down. Okay, I can't bring myself to do it. I've tried, but it just doesn't work. And if you have been following me for a while, you will have heard me talk, you know, about the unnatural amount of notebooks that I own. You know, and I have years worth of used notebooks sitting on shelves around my house. And then I have current notebooks sitting everywhere, you know, around the house. But most importantly, beside my bed. Okay, and let me tell you why. Well, part of the reason is because I have a bad memory. Okay, and if I don't write something down, then I forget it immediately. But the main reason is because when I feel that I'm being given a sign or a message from spirit, but it's not immediately clear to me, I need to write it down so that I can figure it it out later, you know, and before I forget it. Because sometimes we get signs from spirit that only become clear to us at a later date, you know, after something has happened. And then we think, ah, so that's what that that meant, okay? So for example, let's talk about dreams for a minute. Because so many of us get signs from spirit in our dreams. Or we get premonitions about something that is going to happen in the future. But it's unclear to us what this dream is supposed to mean. And this is why I said that the notebook that I keep beside my bed is one of the most important notebooks that I keep because I do need to record my dreams, okay? I don't have staff in my house to get things done in the morning and to drive my son to school, okay? I don't. Therefore, I don't have hours to sit in bed in the morning writing essays about everything that I can remember from my dreams. That just is not gonna happen for me. What I do do is I set my alarm clock for five minutes earlier than I need to actually be out of bed in the morning. Then if there's anything significant that I remember or that I found confusing from my dreams, I will write it into my notebook. Now only in bullet points though, not the little nitty gritty things, because it's the main details you need so that you can jog your memory at a later date, okay? So for an example, you know, an entry in my notebook might be, and it's just bullet points. So I'll write the date and how I got this, okay? So say for example, maybe June 21st, and it was a dream, okay? Or, you know, if it was maybe um, a daydream, if it was a vision, if it was a sign, maybe I saw a bird or a butterfly or a caterpillar in the garden or something, and I just felt that this was, you know, relevant. There are the all those are still things that I would write down in my notebook. So it's not just about dreams. But with this one, it's an example of a dream, okay? So I'd write down June 21st, dream last night, okay? And then I'd write bullet points and I'd number them. So, you know, the first thing that I remembered from this particular dream that I'm using as an example was that it was nighttime, okay? The second example was that I was wearing green shoes, And the third point that I wrote down was that I was eating sweet corn with nidge. 
Now, for those of you who don't know, Nidge was a character in an Irish drama that was on telly at the time that I had this dream. It was a few years ago. Okay, so I know the, all those things together. Okay, that makes me sound like a serial killer. Okay, but you know dreams. They can come up with the most random stuff and it can make no sense to you at the time. And often it can be weeks or months down the road when something will happen and you get this overwhelming feeling of deja vu. And then you can go back to your notebook and look through the bullet points, you know, that now may make sense to you. Okay, so in this example that I've given, okay, of my nighttime wearing green shoes and eating sweet corn with Nidge, okay, this was actually something that I wrote in my notebook a few years ago. But it was about three weeks after I wrote it that a friend of mine was coming in from the fields after dark, okay, he's a farmer. And, you know, he was um, rushing in because his favourite programme was about to start. So at the time, um, an Irish drama called Love Hate, it was starting on the telly. And he, as he was walking back towards the house, his welly went into a rabbit hole and he fell and he twisted his knee. So he ended up that evening sitting on the couch with a bag of frozen sweet corn on his knee to keep down the swelling while he was watching the programme, the love-hate programme, and the lead character in that programme was Nidge. Okay, so it kind of came about, but in like, you know, convoluted kind of a way. Okay, now, okay, I get it. This is just a small example of some of the stuff that goes on in my head. But, you know, not all signs or messages are life-changing. Sometimes they're just a feeling, you know, or an insight into something. But it's only through writing everything down that you can build up your own reference points, you know, or language, if you like, with your loved ones and your spirit guides. So from this example that I talked about, okay, you know, with the green shoes, I now know that green shoes aren't always just green shoes. They can also be green wellies or maybe they're boots or shoes that are stained from grass, okay, when you're coming in from a farm. I'm not a farm girl, but I do live in the countryside. <laughs> so between what I get from spirit and what means something to me, I have built up my own dictionary of signs that mean something personal to me, okay? So when I say what means something to me, okay, we have to also factor in what a, is a personal sign for you or what meaning does something carry? Okay, this is a big thing, okay? I did a psychic course years ago and we talked about this very topic and we were discussing the color red, okay? And you know, we were kind of talking about what does it mean? What are all the different meanings between red? And we went round and, you know, what does it mean to everybody? And one person said to her that it means danger. Another person said that, you know, to her, red meant sexy, you know. So it's worth bearing in mind whether you put specific meanings on, you know, particular colours or whatever. Because colours can be important. And for me, they come up a lot. Anyway, I had um, a series of dreams once some time ago, okay? And, you know, I kept seeing a red suitcase consistently in my dreams for five nights in a row. And I wrote it down in my notebook every day. So personally for me, red would signify danger. But I couldn't figure out why everyone around me in my dreams was pulling a red suitcase. Okay, 
And it was only after something happened to someone I knew a couple of months later that I learned that a red suitcase was a sign of someone carrying danger around with them. Okay, so in this particular case with the red suitcase, for want of a better expression, it was something that was leaking in a car that was causing a smell in the car that was giving this person headaches. Not maybe a smell probably isn't the right way, but there was fumes or something coming in from the engine into the, you know, where the drivers sit. What do you call it? You don't call it a cockpit in a car, but you know what I mean? So the fumes of something from the engine was causing them headaches in the car. Okay. Now, luckily it was discovered before it caused them to pass out. But from my point of view, this was a danger that was being carried around with this person every day. But, you know, because I couldn't figure it out, I didn't give enough consideration to the fact that the suitcases had wheels, you know, um, in my dreams. Oh, everybody was pulling, you know, a wheeled, a red wheel suitcase. OK, so signs aren't always going to be easy to read. OK, and <laughs> fair enough, they're not always going to be as cryptic as that particular one either. But my point here is that I'm asking you to pay attention and then you can record what you're getting because even if it's not making sense in the moment, it will down the line. But by that point, you'll have forgotten the main things about the dream. So you won't be able to acknowledge the new reference points that spirit have given to you and that you'll be able to use in the future. OK, so by writing this down, OK, the red suitcase and, you know, going back through my notebook when something like that happened, and then I could see, oh my God, this was carrying danger around with them. And this, you know, so I, okay, I have an obsession with notebooks, I'll be honest. So once I made that connection, so then I was able to put that piece of information in what I call my dictionary notebook, okay? So red suitcase or red handbag or purse, as you would call it in the States. So this is a sign now that spirit give to me when somebody's carrying danger around with them. OK, and you'd be looking for other signs then to know, is it a health issue? Is it something that's going to hurt them? You know, what's going on here? OK, but you're building up your own dictionary of reference points, your own sleep, um, I suppose, journal, not journal, but dictionary, I suppose, you know, you could write your own dictionary. But these are things that would be personal between you and between your spirit guides that are giving you these, you know, visions of what's coming up. OK, and as I say, it's so important to acknowledge that language is unique to you, because even if you decide to go for a mediumship reading at some point, there will be things in there that won't make sense to the medium and they will have to say it as they see it because they have no reference point for some of the things that just make total sense to you. OK, so if I were having a mediumship reading and my nanny, um, you know, came in and say she showed, going back to the mail train saying, so say she showed the medium a mail train full of people wearing blindfolds, okay? That wouldn't mean anything to any medium around the world, okay? But now all of you have a brand new reference point for when you're stressing over something that nobody notices, okay? 
So now you can give that to your spirit guides and you can say, okay, well, Sandy's giving me a new reference point now. So if, you know, I'm worrying over something and worrying if somebody knows something or whatever, you can show me blindfolded people on a train and that'll be a reference point for you. Okay, so we can take them from other people, you know, and give them to our spirit guides as well. I'd always err on the cautionary side of taking them from your spirit guide, but I'll give you that one. <laughs> so I was doing online readings uh, live on my mediumship Facebook page one evening. Okay, and I was reading for a girl that was on live and her loved one came through and her loved one started showing me lots of cheese. Okay, I used to love cheese, but I can't eat dairy anymore. But, you know, this whole thing about cheese like lots and lots and lots of cheese it didn't mean anything to me you know other than the fact that maybe she or her loved one had a particular liking for cheese so you know that's what I said to her I said do you like cheese or something this person keeps showing me loads and loads of cheese and she started laughing because in actual fact the state that she comes from in the US is known as the cheese state but how would I know that here in Ireland you know I wouldn't have a clue I wouldn't know what state is known as the cheese state. So always think first about what something means to you, because that will be your clearest reference point when trying to figure out what you're being shown. You know, I hope this is making sense. And I'll give you another quick example of a show that I was at years ago. You might have heard me say this before. But I loved this. Now, it's a, it's a good while ago, but I was at a mediumship show in, um, it was University Concert Hall down in Limerick. And uh, there was two mediums over from the UK, um, Colin Fry, God rest his soul, he's passed since, and TJ Higgs. TJ, who's actually a lady um, from the UK, and they were over and they were doing this show. And when TJ was on stage, she was getting this message from a young man who had passed to spirit. And she said that he wanted to give his mother a message. Now, she gave a lot more information. I can't remember every piece of information, but she did give a lot of information about this young man and how he died and some stuff about his life. And nobody was taking it. OK, nobody. And, you know, as a medium, that can really make you feel like you're dying on stage, you know, and you're giving out all this information and, you know, you're getting really good information. And somebody's just too shy and you know someone's just been too shy to take it. So she just said, OK, I'm going to give you one more piece of information and then, you know, I'm going to move on. So anyway, she gave another piece of information and still nobody stood. And she just said, right, it's your last chance. If this is your son, please stand up and take the message. And the whole audience went really quiet. Now, for those of you who've ever been to University Concert Hall down in, in Limerick, like it's one of these huge big places, like the ceiling is like so high up, you know, where you can see all the, you know, the wiring and stuff. And whatever way the the light was on her on the stage, the, I don't know what you call it, the spotlight, I suppose, um, this feather just fell the whole way down, maybe 20 foot down from the ceiling, just floated down in front of the whole audience. And she just pointed to it and she said, there you go, there's a feather, she said. And it was, it was like an unusual color, you know, like it was lilac or something. And she said, this lilac feather has to mean something to somebody. And then this hand went up in the audience and this um, girl stood up and she said, I think this might be my brother. 
And TJ said, okay, well, you know, thank you very much for acknowledging that, she said. But this message is for your mother. Is she not here with you tonight? And the girl said, she is here with me. She's sitting beside me, she said, but she's too shy. And TJ said, don't be shy. Your son has come through from spirit to give you a message. Please stand up. So the mother stood up and as she stood up, the whole audience, you could hear that, you know, from the whole auditorium. And um, she had a coat on her that had feathers all around the collar of the coat and they were lilac feathers. Okay, so her son had literally plucked this feather from her coat and threw it down in front of the medium on stage so that she would know that the mother one was in the audience and also to show to the mother and to the sister, it's me, I'm here with you. Okay, I know you're wearing the coat with these feathers on. Okay, so my point in sharing this with you is that all of these these signs, these messages, the the ways of, of showing you stuff, it has to mean something to you. It doesn't matter what it means to me or any other medium. You have to, you know, figure out what does it mean to you. You know, I could be talking about a train, you know, and it's not necessarily that I talk about a train just because my grandmother had a saying about trains. But, you know, maybe your granddad used to work as a signal man on a train line. You know, there's lots of different things that, you know, being shown a train may mean. Okay, but you have to think, what does that mean to me? Who had the connection to trains? You know, maybe somebody just liked train spotting. Maybe somebody um, used to have those model trains, you know, the, the way they set them up with the bridges and everything. Okay, so what does it mean to you? Okay, um, I, ha- I hate the smell of cigars. I had a very bad experience of a boss that I had when I was younger. I was only a teenager and he used to follow me around smoking a cigar and blowing it, you know, he'd nearly blow it at you because he was literally, you know, on my shoulder the whole time. Everything I did, he used to stand behind me and he was a short little man. He was, you know, I'm short, but he was shorter than me. And he used to blow this cigar smoke all the time. And, you know, he used to make me nervous. So. I don't like the smell of cigars, okay? But to you, if you smelled a cigar, that could be, you know, your dad, your granddad, your uncle, your husband, somebody that would have smoked a cigar. So the smell of cigar smoke might be, you know, to me, it's a negative um, sign, but to you, it might be the most positive sign. So sometimes as mediums, if we don't know exactly what it means, We'll just say it to you. I can smell cigar smoke really, really clearly. Now, if it's me, I'll likely say it makes me feel sick. Okay, but that's just a sign that it's very strong. Okay, because to me, it's negative, but I will know from the energy of the spirit, whether it's negative for you or it's a happy memory. Because sometimes, you know, the smell of cigar smoke might make somebody feel very happy, very content. It might bring back some, you know, great memories of childhood or something. So what do signs mean to you? 
what do you need to see from spirit in order you know for this to be a meaningful sign okay um you can ask for signs for spirit too and ask for something specific okay don't just say to somebody give me a sign because then you'll spend the next you know six weeks going around is that my sign is that my sign is that my sign and you won't know so don't be afraid to ask them for something specific so say to them okay when i open my blinds in the morning i want to see a butterfly okay on the outside of my window or you know i want to see a robin or a cardinal sitting on top of my bin you know be specific with what you're asking them to show you because if they can they absolutely will now they're not going to do it within 10 minutes of you asking i always say give them 48 hours to work this into your energy but you know i'm going down a rabbit hole near here now but you have to as well when you have asked somebody from for a sign like be very aware that you know you're open to it okay so you know don't forget to open your blinds in the morning okay or look out the window to where you know your bin is stored in your back garden or wherever um like if you've asked your grandmother for example to give you the smell of her perfume okay as a sign that you're on the right track well then don't spend you know the next morning going around your house with a can of air freshener spraying it around in every room or burning wax in every room okay because you want to keep the scent to a minimum so that you know if and when your grandmother brings through that sign of the smell of her perfume that you're actually able to smell it <laughs> okay so you know do give them all chances you're not going to create the smell of the perfume for her but you're not going to overload your senses with a lot of different smells that would then make it impossible for her to give you the smell of her perfume okay so be realistic about it guys and you know if you have asked for a sign you know keep your ears open you know um you know i'm a devil you know for being in the house with it quiet because you know most of the time i have so much going on here that you know when i get the house to myself i turn off the telly i turn off the radio or whatever and it's quiet but you know with my granddad especially a lot of the signs for him from him come through music but how is he then going to give me that sign so you know i have to, if i've asked him for a sign i have to maybe keep the radio on or be aware once i did get the song that i asked for just with a car that was driving past with the window open and the song was playing you know on the radio whether it was the radio or you know an mp3 player but the song was playing as this car drove past me okay somebody else said that they asked for a song or they you know um they, they you know they had this memory of their mother singing this particular song so they asked their mother you know for this song but they heard it on an ice cream truck playing this song as the ice cream truck was driving around okay so always be aware of what's going on around you if you've asked for a sign if you're waiting for a sign don't walk around the place with your eyes and your ears closed expecting spirit to move the world for you okay ask them for a specific sign and then keep your eyes and your ears open okay 
I hope that gives you a little bit more insight into how you can build up your language, you know, and your reference points with spirit so that they have something that they can give to you when you're asking them questions. Okay. Thank you everyone for listening. I will see you in the next episode of Life After Life. Until then, take care and stay safe. Discussing everything about the afterlife.